Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody. This is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at LA Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our LA Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Training camp finally upon us. We're going to get into some training camp news and what we should be looking for. Really exciting time, the 2023 season. Fast approaching, exciting times for LA Ram fans. And maybe that's evident by the fact that July 29th, the first training camp session opened to the public, sold out. LA Ram fans showing up. That's great to hear. Now, we're going to be continuing our player focus series, but but we're also going to start a focus on Rams opponents. This episode, we're going to be talking about the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams play the Cardinals weeks 6 and week 12, and we're going to preview the Arizona Cardinals coming up here later. Before we get into training camp stuff, let's talk about some Ram ruminations Warren McClendon and Hunter Long starting on the physically unable to perform list. So if they stay on that list through training camp, they would miss the Rams' first four games. Once they're activated, they have 21 days to begin practicing with the team. If they fail to do so, then they miss the entire season. So McClendon has knee issues, long groin issues. 
Hopefully they bounce back real soon. I could see Hunter Long competing for a backup tight end spot in McClendon, a swing tackle guard type player. No word on the severity of these issues, so hopefully they bounce back real quick. The Rams have signed Sterling Weatherford, who was waived the other day by the Bears, a 6'4", 2'24", linebacker out of Miami, Ohio. Well, that's not entirely accurate. He was a safety at Miami, Ohio, went undrafted in 2022, and he is an NFL linebacker, apparently. Pro Football Network did a good job nailing this in their draft profile of him. They pointed out that the established rule of thumb is that safeties are around six foot 200, as a Pro Football Network said. His size, usage, and athletic profile would mean switching from safety to linebacker in the NFL, and that's what has happened. I assume that's how the Rams are going to use him. They have a scrum of guys competing for jobs on this roster as linebackers, and he's going to probably fit into that mix. Maybe we'll focus on him and one of our player focuses coming up here, get to know Sterling Weatherford a little bit. Andrew Whitworth had some comments online that were pretty interesting, kind of stating the obvious. Said he had lots of love for the 49ers, lots of respect. Shout out to their fans for, I still think that's a little bit of a falsehood, but he also stated that he's pretty sure the Niners would trade all eight of those straight wins for a win against the Rams in that NFC Championship game. Andrew, you're absolutely right. I was doing some research for our player focus series and stumbled across an interesting fact. The Rams have three running backs that came out of high school as five-star recruits. That would be Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, and Zach Evans. I doubt that has happened very many times. Well, how much weight should we put on that? Aaron Donald came out of high school as a three-star recruit, and Cooper Cup, nada, Zero stars, unrated, not ranked, coming out of high school. So there you have it. And speaking of running backs, Cam Akers apparently has put on some significant weight, and that was by design. I'm not sure how big he's coming in. Listed at 5'10", 217. Never thought of him as a power back, but maybe that's what he is now. We'll have to see. Not sure how I feel about this. Crossing my fingers, this is a good move by Cam Akers. Not totally clear on what the purpose of this was, if the Rams were on board with it, but there you have it. We'll do a loop around the league of sorts here. Not going to hit on every team, but just some news coming down the pipe that we should all be aware of. The Chargers and Justin Herbert reach a five-year, $262.5 million contract extension agreement. He is now the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That won't last long. Joe Burrow, come on down. The Raiders worked out Troy Hill and Marcus Peters and actually have signed Marcus Peters. Interesting, Peters was the one that had an interesting gesture for Raider fans in that game in Oakland, if you remember that, at that interception, that pick six against the Raiders and enjoyed it thoroughly at the expense of Raider fans. Speaking of the Raiders, Devontae Adams saying, We need Josh Jacobs to get to the Super Bowl. Interesting comment. I guess it's good to be positive. I think they need a lot more than Josh Jacobs and Marcus Peters, for that matter, to get to the Super Bowl. But, hey, I guess that's a good mentality for a player to have. The Vikings sign 
ex-Rams offensive lineman Bobby Evans. We'll see how that works out. And OBJ announcing he's probably going to retire after this season. Denver Broncos defensive end. Oh, I'm going to have fun with this name. Ayoma Uazariki has been suspended for gambling. That's 10 players now suspended by the NFL for gambling. And the Buffalo Bills have lost. Running back Naheem Hines hurt when hit by a jet ski. He was sitting on a jet ski, apparently got hit by another jet skier, hurt his knee out for the year. That is a bummer for Hines and the Buffalo Bills. And before we get into our close look at the Rams training camp, Kiki Hernandez coming back to the Dodgers. One of my favorite players hasn't been working out with him in the Red Sox this year. So, so Kiki coming back from Boston to LA, welcome back aboard. And the Dodgers have also traded for Cleveland Guardians shortstop Ahmad Rosario. Shortstop is a position that has not contributed much to the Dodgers offensively. So Rosario is probably going to get the nod at shortstop and see if he can change that. So a lot of Rams writers and podcasters have been ranking the players that need to step up in training camp, the biggest battles, and so on. I took a different tact, as I always do. I ranked each position group by level of interest I will have in watching them through training camp and the preseason. Which ones do we have to pay attention to closely? Which ones are going to be fun to watch? I'll start with the least interesting, number 10 inside linebacker, Well, you know, we have Ernest Jones, he's a starter, and a bunch of guys scrambling for the number two job and number three job and number four job. I'm not overly excited about any of them, to be honest. Maybe that'll change if one of these undrafted rookies steps up and starts to shine. Then I'll get a little more excited. Number nine, special teams. I can't wait to see Ethan Evans in preseason. The thing I'm most interested in is the consistency of Tanner Brown, the kicker, but training camp, how much do we get out of training camp? That will have to wait till preseason. Number eight, tight end. It's going to be a scrum for that pecking order, and now Hunter Long is out. That even reduces the interest. It's going to be Bryson Hopkins and Davis Allen and a couple of new guys they signed backing up Tyler Higby. If Tyler Higby was gone, this would be really interesting, but he isn't, so... I'll just have to check in on the tight end situation once in a while. Number seven, quarterback. For me, it's kind of like the kicker situation with Tanner Brown. It's about Stetson Bennett. How does he operate in the preseason training camp? I'm sure we'll see some good things, maybe some bad things, but it's all about those preseason games and Stetson Bennett's ability to operate this offense. Number six, most interesting, the safety group. Who emerges among the undrafted rookies, who wins the battle between Quentin Lake and Russ Yeast? Probably going to be Russ Yeast. Is Jordan Fuller the guy? Going to be a fun group to watch. My hope is that Jordan Fuller returns to his old form and Russ Yeast steps up and is a seventh round steal starting at safety. And don't forget Jason Taylor, the seventh round pick, and these undrafted guys. A lot of excitement around them. And it's well-deserved. Going to be a fun group to watch. The fifth most interesting group, I'm going to say running back. And for one reason only, Zach Evans. 
I can't wait to see if he is an NFL-level running back. This guy could be really, really good, or maybe not so much. And we're going to start to find out real quick. The fourth most interesting group, wide receiver. It's going to be a free-for-all after Cooper Cup. It really is. I mean, you're going to give the nod to Van Jefferson at the start as the number two wide receiver. But don't write off Demarcus Robinson, maybe even Lance McCutcheon, Puka Nakua. And then the number three receiver, same guys, plus throw in Tutu Atwell. Kind of be a fun group. It could just go so many different ways. It's going to be fun to watch. And yes, I left out Ben Skaronic once again. Sorry about that. Yes, Ben will be in the mix too. The third most interesting group, cornerback. I'm really most interested in seeing if Robert Rochelle holds or folds. Is he going to be a Rams cornerback this year that gets on the field for snaps as a starter? Or is he just going to be a special teams guy? How does the free agent Weatherspoon fit in? Is he going to be a real starter? Is he pushing Kendrick for a starting job? And Hodges Tomlinson, the diminutive rookie. But what a great player. Going to be fun to watch, see how these guys play. We're not going to find out much about Hodges Tomlinson until the preseason, but I really can't wait to see that. And the second most interesting group, the edge rushers. Someone, please, someone step up. Who's it going to be? Byron Young, Daniel Hardy, Nick Hampton, Michael Hoyt. Maybe two of them step up. This is a real critical group for the Rams. If none of these guys pan out and we're back where we were last year or even worse off, this defense could be in trouble. We really need a couple of guys to step up. And I will be watching that closely in the preseason too, especially. And hopefully we'll get some good reports out of camp. We're going to have someone in camp in a week or so, and we'll see what they have to say about our edge rushers. And the most interesting group to watch, the offensive line. And I'm not overly worried about the offensive line. It's kind of like the wide receiver group. There are just so many possibilities how this could pan out. Let's watch how many different combos they try in training camp, how many times they change them. Are there any surprises? Is Ankrum in the mix? Is left tackle note boom's job? How do Bress and Havila look? Is A.J. Curry going to be on this depth chart when we hit 53 players? Is Brian Allen the starter at center? Is Coleman Shelton going to push him for that job? And if Shelton's the center, who's the right guard? Just so many questions that need to be answered about the offensive line. I'm not worried about it. More excited. I didn't mention Alaric Jackson and a couple other guys. Jackson could be pushing for Noteboom's job. Interested to see how often they shake things up and how it all shakes out at the end. Can't wait to see how this offensive line stacks up come opening day. And we're going to start learning some things real quick. Next up, I have a preview of a team the Rams play twice this year, the Arizona Cardinals. Now I'm going to get back to my player focuses next episode. I will also be mixing in reviews and focuses on all the Rams opponents. We'll hopefully cover each opponent by opening day. That's my goal anyways. Starting it off in a minute with the Arizona Cardinals. Hi, this is Mariah from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. 
What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. We have turned the focus towards a lot of RAM players over the last few weeks. This episode, I am going to focus on an opponent. We're going to start a series here looking at all of the Rams' opponents in this upcoming 2023 season. We are going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, a team the Rams play in Week 6 at home and Week 12 on the road, a team that they have had really good success with during the McVay era. Cardinals are a team in upheaval, in disarray, but they do have a new coach, so maybe things will start turning around for them. What did they do last year? 4-13. They were 11-6 the year prior. Remember, they were on the upswing, and then the Rams beat them in the playoffs on their road to the Super Bowl. The Cardinals lost eight home games last year. Coach Cliff Kingsbury, McVay's buddy, fired the day after the season ended. They had a lot of preseason drama, a lot of it involving Kyler Murray, wanted his extension, and they finally got it, $230 million for five years. It included a clause that required him to study film four hours a week. That got a lot of criticism. The club got a lot of criticism for including that, and Murray got a lot of criticism. Folks pointed out, hey, why would you even need to include this clause There's really only one reason Murray demonstrating maybe a little lack of dedication to his craft and that had really held back his development. The relationship between Kingsbury and Murray deteriorated throughout the season and it didn't help DeAndre Hopkins was suspended for six games and their assistant coach gets fired for an alleged groping incident in Mexico City prior to their international game against the 49ers. That was in the headlines of the Cardinals, just not getting a lot of good press throughout this season. So Kingsbury gets fired. GM Steve Keim steps down. Team stats from last year, offensively balanced mediocrity, 22nd overall, pretty much mediocre in all categories. And the same deal on defense, a little bit better against the run than against the pass. Player-wise, Murray played in 11 games. Colt McCoy, one of the better backups, as we found out. He started six at quarterback. James Conner, very good running back, missed four games, finished with 782 yards rushing and a healthy 4.3 average. Hopkins ended up missing eight games, six for that suspension. Still led the team with 717 yards receiving. A.J. Green, in his final year in the NFL, had over 400 yards receiving. But a beggar, rock solid on the back end, finished with 111 tackles, all pro safety. J.J. Watt, in his final year in the NFL, 12 and a half sacks. Zach Allen pitched in five and a half. But there's a lot of holes on this roster. So the new head coach is John Gannon, came over from the Eagles, Hangs his hat on defense, past two seasons, defensive coordinator with the Eagles, 15 years of experience in the NFL, prior to the Eagles with the Colts, Vikings, Titans, the Rams, and the Falcons. He was a scout for the Rams from 2009 to 2011. They've lost a lot of guys, along with DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. Wide receiver Robbie Anderson moved on to Miami. 
Outside linebacker Marcus Golden, really good pass rusher. He's moved on to the Steelers and Hopkins to the Titans. They have some free agents still out there. Rodney Hudson, the center. Zane Gonzalez, the kicker. Andy Lee, the punter. Looks like they're moving on from Leon Gonzalez. Their draft, in my opinion, was pretty solid. They picked up three guys that I thought the Rams might be interested in. The first guy would have been out of the Rams' reach. That's offensive tackle Paris Johnson. Expectations very high for him. They did get the LSU edge rusher P.J. Ojolari. I had mocked him to the Rams several times. Cornerback Garrett Williams of Syracuse. Now, he's coming back from an ACL injury, but was rated as a first or second round pick before that injury. So when he comes back healthy, could be a big add to that secondary. And Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford, the standout at the Senior Bowl, big wide receiver. And Clayton Toon, the quarterback. Who have they added free agent-wise? Not a whole lot. More than the Rams, though, actually. L.J. Collier, the defensive end from Seattle. Kaiser White, outside linebacker from the Eagles, got a $10 million a year contract. He's a good one. And they retained guard Will Hernandez. In 2023, they're going to be leaning on Kyler Murray and James Conner. They still have tight end Zach Ertz. The wide receiver core is going to be led by Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. That's a big drop-off from previous years. Even with the addition of Paris Johnson, ESPN ranks the Cardinals' offensive line as 31st best in the league. So that's obviously going to be a problem for the Cardinals and their running game and Kyler Murray. The defense, Buddy Baker and Kaiser White are going to be the main guys. Cornerback Marco Wilson is a good one, too. Ram connections. Well, they got Juju Hughes, the toothpick kid. Remember him? He's still on their roster. Now, Van Jefferson's dad, Sean Jefferson, was their wide receivers coach, but with the coaching staff turnover there, he's moved on to Carolina. Their schedule is the 11th most difficult. Two winnable games early, though. First two games, the Commanders and the Giants, the Saquon Barkley-less Giants, at least at the moment. Then it gets tough. Cowboys, 49ers, Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens. That's going to be a tough stretch for them. Then it gets a little softer. Browns, Falcons, Texans, and then they wrap up with the Rams, Steelers, Niners, Bears, Eagles, and Seahawks. The over-under win totals on them, four and a half. You know, I'm not betting the under on any NFL team when it gets that low, four and a half. Wouldn't touch that. If I was, I'd take the over. It's a long season. They're going to pick off a few wins here and there. But again, I would not touch it. We just do not know enough about this team. Which direction Kyler Murray's headed? Is John Gannon going to get this team turned around? These wide receivers, man, just too many questions. What are the fearsome four keys to the Cardinal season? Well, number one, will Kyler Murray be dedicated to improving? There have been questions throughout his career. How dedicated is he to his craft? We've heard the rumors. With that big contract, the Cardinals better hope he gets his act together and becomes the quarterback that they dreamed of when they drafted him. First one, question number two, can Rondell Moore and these other receivers step up? DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green gone. Man, that's a big drop-off, Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown. Decent receivers. Rondell Moore showed some promise. 
and you're trying to figure out your cornerback matchups with this team, it's quite a bit different than the problem you had to solve previous years with the Cardinals. Here's some question number three. Where does the pass rush come from? Your top two sack leaders, J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, are gone. Marcus Golden, he was good at bringing pressure. Where does it come from? B.J. Ojolari, perhaps. But that's going to be a problem for the Cardinals, especially against teams like the Niners and Rams. They can't get pressure on the quarterback. Their defense is going to be in big trouble. Here's some key number four. How do they handle it when things go south? A new coach, a young team, Kyler Murray, who loves to run with the ball when he gets into trouble and then he gets dinged up. Is he going to get dinged up again? That's another thing we should have highlighted in fearsome key number one. Not only is Kyler Murray dedicated, but is he also going to stay healthy? Things are going to go south for this team at some point. And this rookie coach, it's going to be tough to keep this team pointed in the right direction when things go south, because like I said, they will. My final word on the Cardinals, you know, if you look at this roster, you probably see what a lot of folks see when they look at the Rams roster. If you're unfamiliar with it, you see a lot of names you've never seen before. Lots of young, unproven guys. The big difference between the Rams and the Cardinals is the Cardinals don't have Cooper Cup. They don't have an Aaron Donald and they don't have Matthew Stafford. Not that bag on Kyler Murray. If you listen to this podcast in any length of time, I'm not a big fan of young quarterbacks who rely on their legs. I think it holds back their development, and that's what we've seen with Kyler Murray. Much rather have a guy like Matthew Stafford that can stay in the pocket, go through his progressions, and make plays with his arm instead of his legs. All their big contributors are gone. J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, Marcus Golden, but a Baker, they got but a Baker and a bunch of young guys. Kyler Murray, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, if you're a Cardinal fan, whenever you have a rookie coach, it's a time to be hopeful. It's a time to be optimistic. They're going to take their lumps. But maybe by the end of this year, they'll be pointed in the right direction. But I agree with most of the experts out there. Going to be a tough haul for the Cardinals this year. Hoping the Rams can get a sweep. They're going to need to. If they're going to make a playoff run, as tough as a Rams schedule is, they cannot afford to split with the Cardinals. They need a sweep. They need to beat them in week six and week 12. And I think they will. My prediction for the Cardinals, I'm going to go with five and 12. Not that I would bet that. Don't know enough about this team. And if someone's telling you they do, they don't understand the NFL. Hey, Cardinals could go winless. They could win seven or eight games. It'll be somewhere in between. I'm going to roll with five. Five wins, 12 losses for the Arizona Cardinals. Two of those losses, though, better be against the Los Angeles Rams. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe, Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama.
What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.